Hey guys, welcome to the Becoming Better Friends podcast, a show about me becoming better friends with those around me. I'm Cam Deckett, and this podcast is an excuse for me to have great conversations with a friend. And on the other side, we'll know more about each other, and you guessed it, be better friends. Let's get this thing started. And here we are, starting off our first episode of the Better Friends Podcast. I got my friend Corey Bays in here with me. Hello, everybody. Corey, I like the beard, dude. The beard's looking nice. <laughs> it's looking a little rougher after last night, after that championship game, but I'm feeling good. Now, were you cheering for Ohio State or... No, SEC. SEC all the way? SEC okay, so you're going way. for Bama. Mm-hmm, like absolutely. That. And it, you know, worked out for us. It turned out great. So you were saying that you were watching the game with Noah and Kenny. Mm-hmm. And how, how many championships games do you think you've watched with Noah and Kenny? Oh, Lordy Day. Uh, over 20. 20? Over 20. Really? Sure. Yeah. Easy. Like, over. And that's just college football or is that like football no. and basketball? College football, college basketball, NBA Super Bowl. Okay, okay. So you're getting four a year. What was, what was the first championship that you watched? Is it always uh, you three, or is it sometimes one It's at other? least no and I usually. Okay. And, 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 well, and Kenny, yeah. but... What was the first Natty that you watched with no? With no? Mm, probably the first one that I can remember. Oh, Lord. I would say... Pro- I think we watched the 2012... UK national championship together because okay. now technically that's a little bit of a cheap answer because there's a hundred of us watching it together yeah. but mm-hmm. I think he was now where a hundred of you guys close to it so you're at this big where was this big watch party it was well it was outside in front oh. of his house oh, he had a week. watch party in front of his house yeah and like it, big projector and everything uh-huh. yep dang yep actually technically it was his old house and we had some girls who were friends of ours move into the same house okay and they put up a bed sheet and then we had a whole block party, essentially, and there was other neighbors from other houses. And we just... Oh, wow. Did it up. Now, now I wasn't here in 2012. Mm-hmm. But that... And, and I don't know UK as much as everyone else here does. We, we're in Kentucky, by the way, everyone. <laughs> but um, I don't know UK... And UK won in 2012, right? Anthony Davis here, Michael K. Gilchrist. Okay, year. okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a good team. They went off. And is that, like, is that the picture that you see over by campus where there's, like, 100,000 people in the middle of the street? Yes. yes. Okay. Where, did you go down Absolutely. there for that? Matter of fact, that house is probably the house I'm talking about that we did that at is probably 10 houses down from that location. Okay, so there are probably people that you didn't even know that showed up to this thing just because oh. they're walking down the street and they see the game up on the house. Absolutely. Absolutely. Matter of fact, there was a Kansas fan. He knows the Better Friends podcast. He was not a good friend. And I did not know this guy from anybody. And what happened was, you know, obviously more than 9 out of 10 people, like 99 out of 100 mm-hmm. people are UK fans. This is the, you know, just to give context, this is also the first time we've been in a championship game in since 98. Okay. okay. So, so it was a 14-year drought. Right. It's a big deal. We had the best player in the nation. We had the best team in the nation. Mm-hmm. But Kansas was good. Yeah. And there just so happened to be one guy there who's a Kansas fan. And I felt bad for him. Mm-hmm. People were heckling him a little bit. It's just 
big dude. I mean, he was jacked. Yeah. And so I walk over to him, and I'm like, you know, man, you got a lot of courage being here in a Kansas. He's in a Kansas jersey, <laughs> the whole nine, and you know, just sort of like mucking it up with him. Well, anyways, the dude just straight up tries to start biting me. No way. Yeah, absolutely tries to start for no reason. I was like actually trying to be the one good guy, but I think he crossed some lines or something. And well, what was he saying to you? Well, at first he was like, I don't know what I can say on this on this podcast. Oh, you can say whatever you want. Okay. You can say whatever you want. Okay, I was I was trying to be good. So it was something like, you know, I came over and really what I said to him was I was like, Man, you got a lot of big balls to, you know, be in a Kansas jersey yeah. in front of all these Cats fans. And then he said something like, well, we're going to win tonight or something like that, so it's all good. And I was like, eh, I guess you're delusional too or something like that, <laughs> you know. And then he didn't like that. And so we're sort of, you know, going back and forth. But it was nothing Just like, like some friendly banter back yeah, and forth. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I would do that to anybody. And eventually he just got so pissy. He started taking it personally. Oh, he was – yeah, absolutely he was taking it personally. And then, but I, I wasn't trying to like put him in the ground. Yeah. And so, uh, eventually he just like, it's pretty much like, let's, let's go. And the thing was, what he also didn't realize was all the people, they were my friends. So it just like, and then people were like, oh, you want to go? It was just, it turned into chaos. So he ended up having to leave. I don't even think he saw the second half. Really? Uh, yeah. He probably wouldn't watch it somewhere else. I mean, he probably, probably did by himself. But, but he got kicked out of the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So... 20 different championship games. I would say at so. At least, minimum, with Noah. I would Did say you so. and Noah meet at UK? He was at UK with one of my good buddies. Um, he was actually in... Actually, the way it really worked was Andrew Dimark and Adam Hedges were in the same class together. Yeah. Didn't mm-hmm. know each other. Mm-hmm. And Noah was Adam's roommate. Mm-hmm. Or, actually, I don't even think he was his roommate. I think they were, like, good friends. They were, like, good on Yeah, like, like hung that. out a ton, that mm-hmm. type of thing. And then everybody decided to join up. Mm-hmm. And then I lived just a few streets down from that house. Okay. With Daniel Griffin and some others. Yeah. So, yeah. Seth Middle was in that house. Okay, okay. Now, did you, uh... Now, were you going to UK at the time, or...? Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't. Let's see. I would have been... 2012 would have been 22-ish. Mm-hmm. Or, actually, I would have been 21 still, because... August, um, and so I was working. I think at that time, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I was working for the CDC. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It was a what very. What were you doing for the CDC? It was. It was a very, very, very bad job. Pre Ebola, pre COVID, mm-hmm. um, I did a lot of data input. Okay. For um, violent death. Violent death data yes. input. Yes, just what for it, the state of Kentucky. Now, now what, what does that entail? So, we, like, basically what I did was, I would go in every day, and it was on campus. It was a grant through the CDC. So, I'm working in conjunction with UK and the CDC. Like, we report to the CDC, but UK is sort of the one who writes the checks, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I would go in there, and then anytime somebody's, this is terrible. I, I quit the job probably about six months into it, because it was so... So draining. So draining. Yeah, emotionally yeah. draining. But any type of uh, drownings. Okay. Burnings, car crashes, suicides. Um, i trying to think what else. That would fit the majority of what I would Kinda say. Kind of like accidents or... Yes. Like crazy accidents or suicides. Basically. Pretty much. Just, yeah, just anything... Was murder included in that? Absolutely. Murder okay. 100% was included in that. Okay. Any type of violence. And it doesn't have to be... Um, Somebody inflicting it on you. 
It could like it could have accidentally happened to yourself. Exactly. Like I fell out of a tree. Absolutely. What's what's the craziest story that you heard? Oof, I've heard a lot. Um, I don't know if I remember the crazy. I mean, I've seen some like crazy horrific car crash. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. horrific. But what what what's something that stood out as in like I can't believe this actually happened. Oh man, I don't know if I remember any specifically. Honest to goodness, I like try to. Try, block it out try to block because it out. It, you just want to do data input. So, I mean, you saw tons of drownings. You saw tons of, I will say one, um, I actually can't tell you who it is mm-hmm. just for HIPAA reasons, mm-hmm. but, um, but the gist, but the gist was somebody I grew up watching. I saw his violent death. Oh yes. Somebody that, me and my family, and if somebody was from the state of Kentucky, mm-hmm. would know very well. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, you know, basically the way it would be is I would get the folder of the file, mm-hmm. and I would have to read it, mm-hmm. and then what I'm reading is the coroner's report. Yeah. And then... Were there pictures in the folder, too? Absolutely. Oh, so no. you're seeing, like, these, like, super violent, like, oh, things yeah. that you would see in a movie, but it's, it's real life. Yes, 100%. So, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm reading and I, you know, when you're just in work mode, you're not, you know, you're not trying to connect dots. Yeah. And so I'm reading, I'm like, huh, I won't, no way it's the same guy. So then I go to read more of his report and mm-hmm. get a little deeper into it and sure enough. And then I did some Google searching to see if, if it was truly mm-hmm. that person. So yeah, that was actually really sad. That was like a time when it hit home because mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know the person. It's not that big of a deal. But I know this person. Yeah. You know. Now, what, how far into the job was that for you? I don't know. A couple months. Okay. Yeah, a couple months. I don't know exactly when, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't my first day. I didn't know if it was like, that happened, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, no. I will was... tell you the craziest thing I saw. This, okay. This would, be, this would be juicy for your uh, millions of listeners. I, um, I had to go to the coroner's office one day. For the state, which is in Frankfurt. Okay. And so they deal with the most heinous of things. You know, if there's, even if there's a murder, sometimes it doesn't always go to Frankfurt. Yeah. Sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, maybe all the time if it's a murder, but if it's like a drowning mm-hmm. or burning or. Like someone caught in a fire. Yeah, or even or, a suicide. Yeah. Like that might not go to Frankfurt. But mm-hmm. if it's a, a murder mm-hmm. that they're trying to solve, yeah, absolutely. So I saw. I was walking through, I was talking to uh, a higher up in the, in the government there. And so we're talking, going back and forth about some things that needed to be done. And I look over and in the lab, there's, you know, there's a bunch of dead bodies. Yeah. Which I was like, whoa. But there was one specific where they had bunches of rods in them. It looked like a porcupine. And I was like, I mean, tons of rods. And I'm like, what, what's going on over there? You know? Because everybody's like opened up too. Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. they don't look like humans anymore. They're like they're they're, they're doing the autopsy and figuring out what was the cause of death. Absolutely. And this guy had been shot in Eastern Kentucky, like I'm not joking, probably fifty times. I mean, it was it was an absurd amount. I mean, he was dead very quickly. Yeah. And they were trying to trace where the bullets had gone through the body, so they were connecting the holes and with rods to with, connect the yeah. bullet, like the entry yeah, and, exit and exit wounds. Yep. So that was probably the most startling in terms of not being prepared for something, looking over and saying, oh my goodness, like, somebody was treated this way? Yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah. Um, but, then, but then you, like, 
I'm glad it wasn't like he got stabbed with rods. But you still, right. like, you walk in. You're not supposed to see people with rods sticking no. on all sorts of different Yeah, it looked directions. like a horror film is what it looked Good like. gosh. Yeah, so that was crazy. Um, and then there was one where uh, – so I had sort of like two bosses. Mm-hmm. But one was like a – anyways, yeah, he, he would, like, come in occasionally. Mm-hmm. And he sometimes would read the reports before me, just sort of depend, depended on the day. Mm-hmm. And he read one and literally was like, do not open this. Like, open. this is this is beyond anything. And the first thing you think is, I want to open it. Absolutely. And he's like, please don't open it. I'm messed up because I've seen these pictures. Mm-hmm. And this was not a guy who said stuff like that. Like, he probably looked at a hundred, he probably looked at a hundred violent death photos a day. Yeah. And this one, he was like, don't look at this. Don't look at this. And your first thought is, I want to look at it. Yeah, give me the file. <laughs> no, I didn't look at it. You I, didn't look at I it? I didn't look at you it. So you so to this day, no idea? I have no idea. I have an idea of what it was. It was, I think it was a burning. Oh. Yeah. But that's all I know. Man. So, anyways, yeah, that's my CDC story. But you would chop, you know, so you would put in all the data for all of that. That yeah. reminds me of, a, I had a, um, someone I work with who, um, who does home inspections, mm-hmm. like the insurance stuff with mm-hmm. that. They, um, they told me the story. There was a family and the son committed suicide in his room. Like, put a gun to his mouth, pulled the trigger in the room. And, but he does, like, home inspections. So he's like, you know, hail damage and all right. this. But when the guy killed himself, all of the blood oh, from right. that seeped into the floor and it seeped through the ceiling in, it seeped through the floor into the ceiling of the second floor and it like ruined all the joists. So not only did they have to clean up from the suicide, but they had to basically cut out a portion of the house because the blood had done so much water damage to the, oh you know, gosh. to that. We turned this into a serial podcast. I know, we've done. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. But yeah. So how did you, how did you end up in, in Lexington? Because you're working at the CDC, you're 21 yep. years old. Yep. But where, like, this is just because I don't know where where were you so from originally, and how did that turn into Lexington? Yeah. So I'm from only 15 minutes away. Okay. I'm, I'm you know, born and re- I was born in UK Hospital. Okay. I mean, so I'm I'm from Central Kentucky for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad's side of the family is from Lexington for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are from the mountains. So if you hear an accent, that's the reason why. Um, and then my mom's side is from the Bardstown area, which is like an hour away okay, from yeah. Lexington. Uh, so yeah, so grew up, you know, 10, 15 minutes away. Literally my whole life growing up, um, I could see downtown Lexington because we were elevated yeah. where we were. You can see the fifth third building. I could see the fifth third building. I would always call it the Big Blue Building. And um, and I would, and all, like if you've ever watched Kentucky Derby, mm-hmm. probably the past 10 mm-hmm. All grew up within a mile of where I grew up. Okay. Okay. So all the all the horse farms, yeah, the horse land, horse country for sure. Uh, we didn't have any neighbors. We only had horses, like mm-hmm. that type of thing. So yeah. Your neighbors were hundreds of millions of dollars worth of horses. Oh, they were the richest neighbors anybody's ever met. Yeah, they were all worth a lot of money. Speaking of the horses, not the people. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts, dude. So grew up from here, and then did you like? Did you go to UK? So I, I did this day? program. Um, they had like a community college uh, called BCTC at the time. I don't know if it's still called that. Yeah. Um, and so there was this. 
thing you could do where you could go to BCTC, the community college, for two years. Really, even technically a year, mm-hmm. but one to two years. And um, it was a third of the cost of UK. Oh, yeah. But then when you transferred to UK within this program, yeah. you kept that rate. Oh, yeah. Keep that for sure. Right. So, you know, if you got keys money, which is like yeah. the scholarship thing. a ton of money. Yeah. You could borderline almost go for free yeah. to school. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And that's what I was doing. Um, and then the CDC was like a – just a little gig. It was – I think it's – if I remember correctly, it started part-time and it quickly went to full-time. And mm-hmm. then I was like, I want no time with this. Yeah. And then um, – and then – Worked for my father for, a, I mean, very small period of time. So were you going to school and doing CDC full-time? Yes. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. And so that was, that was a lot. That was a lot. Heck yeah. Um, and so then eventually uh, took a break from the CDC and got an opportunity at our local YMCA. Mm-hmm. And I was able to uh, become a supervisor there. Okay. And then... Um, then I, I was still going to school, and I had some scholarships through, I think, the Y as well. And, um, and then eventually uh, AT&T called, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, interested in me and yeah. sort of my skill set as a salesperson mm-hmm. and things like that. So I went into sales with AT&T, but then quickly transitioned to another role where I was in the union at AT and T, um, and a lot of people don't know that AT and T is a union company. Oh, really? Yeah. So, within about a year, maybe year and a half of being at AT and T, which was by far, even though I own my own company today, yeah, the best job I've ever had in terms of growing me. Yeah. Um, it took me from a boy to more of a man. Yeah. Um, but then I, I eventually had sort of a dual role where I would uh, do sales for AT and T. And also be like the union VP, so I would represent all the workers in okay. this region. Yeah, yeah. And so that was that was my thing for a long time. Yeah. So did you finish up at UK or did? You- no, I never even finished because you know the thing with AT and T. AT and T also paid mm-hmm. for every place I've ever worked at paid for your school at least a portion of schooling. Yeah, but, for sure. But at at one point you're like, I'm killing over here in AT and T. Why do I need to even finish school? Right. Cause like, what's the benefit of me doing? What do you have like a year? Yeah, I would have about two years left. Yeah, two years left. Yeah. Do I want to go back to school for two more years to do what I'm doing right now? Exactly. So, well, exactly. I would be coming back to the same because AT and T was my first, probably I would consider decently good paying job. Like yeah. it was a. It was the first job, this is probably the easiest way to say it, that could be a career position. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would just work your way up through within the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd started to do some of those things. Yeah. Um, you know, they had offered at times like, hey, you should look at being a manager. You know, you yeah. should. Like these incentive programs. Yeah, yeah, you should go down this road. But it wasn't, just wasn't a good long-term fit. But for the time I was there, it was the best, best decision I have nothing but good things to say about working for that company and more so the people that were within the company. Yeah. I think there's such a there's there's such a bad idea when it comes to college nowadays that you have to get a college degree to be successful. Like there are like for me working at over at Lexington Christian, you know, there are kids where I know like you shouldn't go to college. You should go mm-hmm. to trade school. Yep. Like, you should go be a welder because you would love that. You would hate sitting in class being like, okay, let's learn about the history of Picasso. Right. You would hate that. But right. it, like, go learn a practical skill that you enjoy doing. You like working with your hands. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, was that something that you grew up with? Like, this 
idea that like I need to go to college Absolutely. I need to have this degree to be successful Absolutely so I mean I think I would say most every kid in America would assume okay I graduate from high school I'm going to college mm-hmm. I I would assume most if not every kid in America would think that's the route and that's the route I thought for myself And so you know as time was going on I just didn't know what I wanted to be yeah. I mean, I thought I could be everything under the sun. How many, like, di- how many different majors did you have? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I thought for a second I was going to be a dental hygienist, then a nurse, then just an MBA. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, there was yeah, – I could have been – So many different possibilities. Yeah, and, and I wasn't sure of any of those. So then I was like, okay, I had communications. Yeah, but, you know? you're, but you're 18 and they're like, pick what you want to do for the rest of your life. Right, and you're like, I have – Some no people clue. can do that. Like, yeah. for me, it's like – I needed a degree to be an athletic trainer. Right. I needed that degree because I wouldn't be able to do it without that. Mm-hmm. You're a business owner. Yep. You don't need a degree to be a business owner. Yep. You just have to be smart. Yep. Well, and for me, you know, at first, and I've even thought about going back to school, but the more I've thought about it, it would only be for pride currently. Yeah. Just, oh, I got my degree. Like you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't reap the benefits of seeing your business grow by 50% because I got my MBA. Oh, 100%. And on top of that, if I'm going to get my degree, I'm also taking time now away from my business. Mm -hmm. So I'm literally pridefully paying thousands of dollars to get a degree to say I got the degree. And I'm also, by the way, taking thousands of dollars away from my company because I'm not pushing us forward. Yeah. So, you know, by the end of the day, it'd be a $20,000 prideful decision. Yeah. That will absolutely not reap me any of that. Yeah. Um, plus, just take my time. It's not, it's not the investment. There is no, they call it ROI, return on investment, and there would be zero. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the reason why I don't go back. Yeah. So, you, but, so, met Noah at that party, oh, yeah. at that party there. Tangent. No, but you met Noah at that yes. party there. Was that the first time? Uh, that no, you no, no, no. I knew you, Noah. Yeah, but you had known him? Oh, yeah. I'd known Noah since. Mm-hmm. I would guess 2010. Okay, okay. So that was probably a year or two into mm-hmm. knowing Noah. Now, we weren't best but, friends or anything. Yeah. But, you know, um, but we would spend a lot of time together playing. You know, also, we were 20 years old. Yeah. 2021. 20, so, I was 19. Um, so, you know, they would love to play video games. Mm-hmm. We would love to play video games. Mm-hmm. We would all, you know. Hanging out, spending yeah, time with each other. Absolutely. I mean, in general, that's how friendships develop. You just spend time exactly. doing whatever. Yep. Literally nothing, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, how did, how did that whole friend group develop? Because I came to Lexington in 2018, mm-hmm. and there was this big friend group that seemed to have been together for years. Of yeah. you and yeah. Noah and Adam and Courtney yep. and Nathan and Mary yep. and Andrew and Devin and Nyla and mm-hmm. Sarah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this whole big and, and Sylv as well. Oh, yeah. Sylv's kind of this, Peacock. Yeah. yeah, kind of this whole giant group <clears throat> of friends that seems like we've been together for forever. Yeah. How did that, how did that whole thing start? So, I mean, yeah, the, the genesis, I guess, as they would say. Um, you know, so you have... Like I said, it all started with Andrew and Adam being in the same class. Yeah. They became buddies, and then Noah and Adam were already good friends. Mm-hmm. And Nathan, music, and Andrew are cousins. Yeah. So those four sort of linked up. So those are that's kind of the founding fathers yeah, of the friend group. Level, yeah, on some level. But at the same time that they were linking up, little did any of us know that mm-hmm. there was others linking up. So, um, you know, of course, Nathan and Andrew have known each other the longest 
their their family. Their family. Um, and Adam and Noah grew up together because they went to the same high school. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So they went. Adam, Noah. They're in Northern Kentucky, right? Yeah, in Campbell County. So Adam, Noah, Kenny, and David all went to the same oh, okay. school growing up. And Tristan uh, would factor into this. So, um, so those guys started to link up. But then me and a few other guys who live, like I said, just a few streets down. Yeah. I had just started coming to, uh, at the time, a church called Quest. And um, got to know Nathan just through that. They mm-hmm. were in the college ministry. There was this girl named Keisha, mm-hmm. uh, who who was a key cog at that point in time in the friend group, um, and so so yeah. So me and my and my, my one of my best buds, if not my best bud of all mm-hmm. time, uh, Daniel Griffin and I, yeah, uh, started to live together with our college pastor, mm-hmm. really college pastors almost, mm-hmm. um, Chris and Dwayne. Okay. So Chris and Dwayne and Britt, uh, Chris and Britt are twins, yeah. and Dwayne. Um, we all lived together, and Nathan and Andrew were real tight with Chris and Britt and Dwayne. Yeah. So that's sort of how the connection it started, started to form. They were like totally separate. It was like happening this third time. level. It's like, I yeah. know you, you know you. Exactly. You, and I met you through the grapevine. Exactly. So these things were happening at the same time, unknowing of one another. Yeah. And then... And there's a whole group up at Indiana Wesleyan. Oh, that's like four or five years down the road. Yeah. So, yeah. So then... We all, you know, started to get tight. We were all in the same college ministry. Uh, we lived just, you know, a few streets down from each other, that yeah. type of thing. So there was always get to, I mean, literal, always like hanging out. I mean, just open door. There's no point in locking it because yeah. you'd just be wasting your time. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we would do that for for a long, long, long time, which is the reason why we had that party in 2012 for the national championship. Just mm-hmm. made sense to join everybody together. Yeah, let's um, just have one big thing instead yeah. of three separate yeah. things. And I mean, and we lived in some terrible houses. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, when you live in college, it's literally like, the rent's $200, I'll pay it. Is yeah. there heating? No. I'll, I'll put, pay it. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll wear a sweater. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, no joke, we had paper on our windows for a while. Paper on the windows? Paper on the windows. Just to, just keep, to keep the air out. Just to keep the air out? Yeah, as best God. we could. So, anyways. I, I lived in this house in, uh, in college with a couple guys from my campus ministry. We call it the tree house. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it's that's just what it was called. And the first the day I moved in, it was ninety degrees in the apartment <laughs> because um, the two guys that were already living there because it was a, it was a house that had an apartment upstairs, an apartment downstairs, and an office in the front. It was like the landlord's office mm-hmm. who owned a few houses on that street, and um, it was a three bed one bath apartment. We had five guys living there, but. When I moved in, two of the guys were building there over the summer, and they said, well, let's save some money. So they didn't turn the air on. Oh, no. They didn't turn the air on. No. So it was 90 degrees. I remember the first night, I slept on the bed, on top of the sheets, in my underwear, spread eagle with a hand <laughs> pointed straight at my crotch. I'm just trying to get cold. And so, like, trying to not sweat to fall asleep. But, and then... Um, you know, we lived there, and you know it was freezing in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a living room, and it had doors on each side. So we would all sleep in the living room in the winter because the, our body and we'd close the doors and light one candle because the candle and our body heat circulated and made it the warmest part of the house when we had all of that body heat trapped. And look like we'd pull mattresses out. Well, right now I'm having a weird situation at my house. Not to diverge from our conversation, but so. Uh, 
What up, Andrew Eaton? My roommate, also my pastor. Yeah. Um, he so he just bought a house. We just moved in like four or five. Over in Castlewood Park. Yes. And the I mean, the heat works and the AC works. Mm-hmm. Problem is too well. In too certain, well. Too well in certain rooms. So last night it was I don't know twenty degrees outside. It was yeah, pretty, pretty cold. cold. And um, let me just put it this way. There was a night not too long ago, and I've been in a house fire before. Yeah. I thought the house was on fire. <laughs> I thought something was wrong. I woke up, and I was sweating, and my bed was literal, like, lava. And the reason why is because the vent, you know, beneath the bed. Yeah, and it was and heating I, the bed. And it was – I had a heated bed. Like, I don't have to worry about – you know, like, everybody gets in bed, and, like, the sheets are warm and, like, yeah. all this. I don't got to worry about that. I just – it just is what it is. Yeah. So – yeah. Is the whole house hot like that? No, my room is 97 degrees. I should have said 98 degrees like Nick Lachey, but 97 degrees is what it actually is. And everything else, every other room is like 40. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sweating. I had to put a sweater on to go sit in my own living room. I mean, it's... And then you walk into your room and you said, you know, get, get my swim trunks Oh, and yeah. Some... I have to do it like and some balance. Sense, some... I have like a mister, you know, as I walk in my room. <laughs> I mean, it's... I have to put an AC unit up in the winter because it's so hot. Oh, my Close Lord. Close the vent. Yeah, I'm not scared of hell. I currently live in it. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So you yeah. live in these terrible houses in college. Yes. Now, for the record, the house I currently live in is a very, very fun house. Yeah. Very it's just, nice it's house. just hot. It's just one room's hot. Unfortunately, it's fine. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> but, you know, you live, you're, all, you know, you're in college. You're living in these terrible mm-hmm. houses. The rent's one sixty five because we split it five ways, you know. Stuff yeah, like that. Literally, you're not far off from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So, lives in all these terrible houses. Um, oh, you were asking about how all these groups got. Formed. Yeah. Um, and then so that it really just continued. That essentially the college ministry is what the group was. Mm-hmm. You know, so we probably had I don't know forty, mm-hmm. fifty maybe. Uh, you know. And this college ministry came out of. Quest? Out of Quest at the time. Oh. Yeah. Um, what is now Lux City, but at the time it was Quest. And so, I don't know, you had 40, 50, you know, 18 to maybe maybe 25-year-olds, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's what it was for a long time. And then some, you know, everybody sort of went their own way, uh, you know, around that time. But the core of the group, which was, you know, Nathan... Um, you know, it, it really, even if people weren't in the group as well, but had become associated because of the group. So, mm-hmm. you know, Noah wasn't associated or wasn't in that college ministry, but... But he knew everyone who was in it. He literally knew every single person in it. Yeah. So, you know, Noah, Nathan, Adam, Kenny, David, Treston, um, myself, you know, there's Andrew Denmark, of course, mm-hmm. and then you had all the girls, you yeah. know, uh, and there was a trillion of them. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so that's that's how that formed for a long time, and then we finally got our first uh, paid college pastor, which was Zach Mir Creeps. Okay, yeah. And so I still remember to this day the very first day he ever worked, you know, or mm-hmm. first day he was in Lexington, basically. Yeah. You know, him and his wife KP, who at the time was his fiance. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. So that's crazy to think. Um, and so, anyways, yeah. So that's how that was, and Zach brought in the. What we call the IWU contingent. Okay, so the IWU contingent, which yes. is brewing up in Indiana, yes. is this whole separate thing. Whole separate group. And Mirror Creeps brought that in. 
the mirror creeps, 100% brought that in. So, you know, you have Zach and KP from Indiana Wesleyan. I woo for those people who are unaware. Um, so you have Zach and KP, and then you have um, a little coffee to top you off. Yeah. Sure, we're not we're not peeing together. Um, and so uh, yeah, so you have Zach and KP. You had Silvana. You had Mary at the time Lyman Gruber. By yeah. the way, shout out Mary if you ever listen to this. Um, you're still on my phone as Mary Lyman Gruber, and part of the reason is because your last name's so hard to spell that I'm not gonna delete it because I'm proud you're going to forget I'm, yeah I'll, you're going to forget how to spell yeah. it so Mary Lyman Gruber music um, and so those were and then Ashley Harris as well and mm-hmm. then Shauna Vanzi um, which I don't think Shauna was actually from Iowa but we'll put her in that so you had lots of girls and then you had you know Kelsey at the time Graber yeah now Shukri yeah um, you know you had Elizabeth Lichty which I don't even know her last name now she just got married mm-hmm. shout out Elizabeth if you ever listen to this um, hope you're doing well. Um, Elizabeth, Nyla, um, Sarah, mm-hmm. Silv. Yeah, Silv. Yeah, Silv was one of the OGs, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was. So, you know, you had this original group, mm-hmm. which it's, I don't want to say fractured, but, you know, had sort of uh, went from, you know, 40, 50 people down to about. 15 because people, you know, move away after college yeah, and it just settled and yeah. And you just sort of settle in. So we had that. And then now the Iwoos come in yeah, and that's another, you know, 15. So you've got, you know, almost 30 people now mm-hmm. that are, are all good friends with each other yeah. kind of building yeah, that community absolutely. and they built it kind of, they're in the church, but there were people outside of the mm-hmm. church and it was kind yeah. of just like, these are our people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is our, this is our... And that, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I'm learning that. You know, it's all mm-hmm. I ever knew from the age of 19... 19 on. On. So I, I took that completely for granted. Yeah, and so there's, you know, this big group of friends, and they, like, it usually doesn't happen like, oh, okay, let's invite our friends. And right. they all know each other, they're all good friends. Usually it's, I have, uh, like, I have friends from this space in life, I have right. friends from this space in life, right. and that's kind of... And they don't... They don't mingle. Yeah, they don't uh, intersect at all. Yeah. Um, I think there was some, you know, there's some people who did really, really a good job at that mm-hmm. um, in our group. And yeah, how also, do you, what do you, what do you, how do you, I'm going to say this right, where do you put the success in that? Like, where do you subscribe the success of that group becoming such a good community? Well, I think you can do it a couple you could sort of categorize it, you know, I mean, obviously us growing up together in some ways, you know, the, the amount of stuff that we went through from the ages of 19 to 25 was yeah, abnormal, mm-hmm. you know? And so you go through the fire together. Mm-hmm. So there's a loyalty that's built because you've, you know, who you're sitting across from, yeah. so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, so, you know, you have that. And so I, th- I think basically what it came down to was you had, Large groups of people who went through a lot together, mm-hmm. um, who genuinely loved one another, mm-hmm. and had loyalty to see the other person's best come through. Yeah. Um, and so, if people were on board with that, they could come in. Mm-hmm. There was no like, oh, this is just for us only. It's just, it's not an exclusive thing. It's right. just, it is what it is. And right. we'll, like, it's not exclusive. Like, people were invited. I was invited to stuff. Yeah. And I was, didn't know anyone. Right. So, it, but it you had to be what we would call in the industry a real one. 
Mm-hmm. And if you were a real woman, oh, okay. then... This is, uh, this is a term I haven't heard before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you were a real one, mm-hmm. then you're someone who... Um, kind and genuine. Yeah. No ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just here to hang. Just here to hang and... Here to live life. You know, we had, a, I would say, a pretty cool group of people. You know, I oh, think yeah. that there was some some rock stars in it, literally almost. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it ended up being a spot where people, if, if you saw someone that you really, really enjoyed mm-hmm. and you wanted to bring them in, probably like yourself, mm-hmm. then it was like, oh, I've got the place for you to be, mm-hmm. you know. And all of us, you know, another good thing about that group is we all, like... There was a lot of people, but the circle wasn't that big. And here's what I mean by that. It was like, oh, if I'm not hanging out with Kenny and Noah and Adam today, mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with Andrew and Nathan and Johnny Sang. Yeah. I should have totally mentioned Johnny Sang mm-hmm. for sure, um, you know, tomorrow. And so the... Because Johnny was part of the UK group yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Well, Johnny was uh, older by just a few years, mm-hmm. but was always... But he was at the church? Yeah, he was at the church. Okay. And, um, good friends with Chris and Brett and, oh, okay. and all them. So he was a few years older than us, but just, I mean, even to this day, like I texted him, uh, watching the UK game the other day. Yeah. Like, and we had a big breakdown of mm-hmm. who we thought was what and, you know, how now, we thought the season would go. Now, this reminds me of, um, of when I first met Nathan, mm-hmm. um, we watched one UK game together mm-hmm. and UK lost. It was like 2018. I think it was Mizzou. Could be. Um, it was Mizzou or Vandy. It might have been Vandy. But mm. um, but we're watching this game because I was in Nathan's life group when I mm. came here. And um, we had life group and the UK game was on after. And Nathan was like, you want to watch the game with me? I said, sure. So we're watching the game together and the UK loses. And Nathan looks at me and he says, you're not allowed to watch any more UK games. And so, like, to this day, like, I always feel guilty putting on the UK game because I'm like, am I going to curse it? I'm not from Lexington. Am I going to curse the cats? There's real things like that. Like, I, I know for a fact I have watched. So, I will say one of the things that propelled our group, one, not, yeah. not the main even, mm-hmm. but one of the things was UK basketball was always a gathering. Mm-hmm. And so, everybody went to UK. Half the people have followed UK their whole lives since they were little boys. Yeah. And, um, and so the girls just wanted to, you know, be around as well. So when I say this, I'm not joking. There was times on a Tuesday night watching, mm-hmm. you know, a, a garbage team like Missouri or something like that, yeah. where we would have 50 people come over. Just to watch a UK game. Just to watch a UK game. Mm-hmm. But really what it was is we wanted to be around the best people that we knew. And the UK game was on. It was an excuse. It was an excuse. And so one of the traditions that we've always built, you know, which is a lot of what we're going back talking about today, you know, with Noah, you said, how many championships have you watched with yeah. Noah? Well, mm-hmm. some of these traditions started way back when. Ten, almost 10 years ago. Almost 10 years ago because you just want to hang out with some of the best people that you knew. Yeah. Doing something like-minded. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. So I've watched, I mean, I can remember some of the craziest events of my life with Noah. Yeah. Some of them revolved around UK games, some mm-hmm. didn't. But, um, you know, basketball was always mm-hmm. sort of a, you know, March Madness. Yeah. Like, everybody gets a bracket mm-hmm. or three. Yeah. And, you know, we put up multiple TVs, and, mm-hmm. and it's just a come on after church, you know. Now, and, yeah. now, has this changed for, like, for you hanging out since, like, the rise of, like, 
instead of let's go over and watch the UK games, let's go over and do you want to watch a movie on Netflix together? Do you think that's changed the quality of the interactions? Um, like you, with, like with the hangouts that you've had, like if you look at a hangout from twenty twelve and look at a hangout from twenty nineteen, I would say a hangout from twenty twelve was far less mature. Mm-hmm. Um, a twenty twenty one hangout now mm-hmm. would be far more mature. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, they look different, and and it's sort of hard to to uh, really have like a good, really good answer to it because at the end of the day, it wasn't that long ago that we were all getting together, yeah. watching games, and COVID is, mm-hmm. you know, jacked that up a little bit, and other situations um, yeah. have kind of for a year, that. kind of just putting that all on the back yeah, seat. yeah. So that has been that way, but I, I mean, like I said, even last night, mm-hmm. you know, had just a few people over, wasn't you know the normal. 20, 30, 40, exactly. but, um, but, you know, we had the people that, you know, that have, we've had traditions made with, and that will, once COVID ends and some other things get themselves in alignment, um, that will start back up again. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But it's, but what, what I love about this group is that like the qual, like the excuses to hang out are higher level excuses. I think when, mm-hmm. when you want to develop a friendship, you want to find not you, you want to spend time to, with each other, but you want there to be something to spend time doing. Absolutely. But, you know, like I know for myself, like hanging out with someone, they're like, hey, come over and watch a movie. And then we scroll through Netflix and it's like, hmm, well, we've looked through 400 movies. None of them seem appetizing. And we've sat here for half an hour. Like, yeah, I'm not a big, this sounds weird. Um, if I'm going to have friends over, not to say that I'll never watch a movie, not to say that there's not times where the movie is the mm-hmm. best thing you know, to, to do. do for sure. You know, if it's a rainy day outside, there's nothing on and, and everybody yeah. just wants to be chill. Yeah. Put a movie on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Super fan of that. But if we're talking more often than not, would I rather uh, watch a movie where there's very little interaction together? Yeah. Or would I prefer to watch whether it be a game or even sometimes a, a show is different than a movie because like, like, like watching the Oscars. Right. Like, because there's moments to pause mm-hmm. and build relationship. Absolutely. In and it's like you can hear the other person's thoughts on something. Yeah. There's a dialogue even within the show. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you another one. I'm, sh- I'm not ashamed to say it either. Yeah. Love Island. Okay. One of my favorite shows, mm-hmm. if y'all haven't watched it, season six of the UK version. Phenomenal. Oh, the UK version? Yes. Okay. Go watch it. You're welcome. You're welcome. And that's from, like, Rebecca and I have been watching uh, Are You the One okay. on Netflix. Have you ever watched that? Uh, yes, it makes me very uncomfy. Because that's the one, isn't it the one where they can't see? The- no, no, no. That's Love is Blind. Oh, that's Love is Blind. Okay. Yeah, no, Are You the One? It's this show. It was on M- it was on MTV like back mm-hmm. in like 2013, 2014. And there's a couple seasons of it on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. But so 20 people move into this house. Mm-hmm. And there's 10 guys and 10 girls, and each person has a perfect match. Oh, and you try to figure out You have to find your one. perfect match. Yeah. They have 10 separate chances to find their perfect matches. And if they find all 10 perfect matches, the group wins a million dollars. Oh lord! So at the end of so the, everyone like, has to be honest. Everyone has to be super honest. the The funny thing though is like you say like, you guys will win a million dollars. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's twenty people winning a million dollars. That's fifty grand after taxes. You get like twenty grand. Right. Yeah. So it's really not yeah. that crazy of a prize. But you're like, 
they're in Costa Rica for 10 weeks, mm-hmm. like in this house. And like every week they go through and they can put one couple in what they call the truth booth. Oh, okay. And that'll tell them, are you a perfect match? Are you not a perfect Ooh. match? So like people fall in love, mm-hmm. go in the truth booth and they're not a perfect match. And that messes up the game for everyone because that those people have to hang out with other people to find their perfect match. Right. And then at the end of every show, there's a matchup ceremony where like the girls go and they'll pick who they think their perfect match is. And then the next week the guys will go and they'll sit together. Um, they'll sit together in these chairs and then they'll, uh, there's like a 10 beams of light mm-hmm. that they have. And so every perfect match that they have is a beam of light will shoot up. And so you want to see 10 beams of light go up right. and it goes one at a time. So it'll be like one yeah. and 10 seconds later, two. And, you know, when you get a perfect match in the truth booth, like, you'll start, like, if you have two people that are perfect matches mm-hmm. already, you'll start with two beams. But the goal is to get all ten. ten all ten beams. So, it's interesting because you'll watch this show. People go in the truth booth, and they'll have these matchup ceremonies, but it's this deductive reasoning game mm-hmm. as well, because it's like, well, in... Well, in round three, there were no perfect matches, and Ashley sat with Brandon. And so that means that they're not a perfect match, and Brandon was already in the truth booth with Elizabeth. So Brandon needs to talk to other people other than Ashley. And Elizabeth. Like, mm-hmm. So like, I'm in here, I'm taking notes, I'm mm-hmm. like doing all this. But like shows like that, like Rebecca and I are watching them, and we're like, well, I don't think he should be hanging out with them. And right. she's like, no, he's definitely her perfect match. Look at how they talked when they went on the one-on-one date. Mm-hmm. No, that would be that would be interesting. They get me stressed out the the shows like that because I'm like, you know, you're like so anxious on it. I know there was one uh, episode in Love Island, mm-hmm. right? And so the way it works is, uh, you know, when when everybody comes into the they call it the casa, oh, right? The casa, uh, yes. Um, when when they come into the house, basically what happens is is the girls are are standing in a line mm-hmm. and uh, a guy will come in one at a time. And if the girl's interested, she'll step forward. Mm. And so everybody couples up. Just by, just by looks. Pretty much, basically. Um, and so they'll couple up. But the idea is to get to know not only the person you're coupled up with, but the others. And see if that is a good fit. Yeah. And, you know, the first couple weeks, it's, you know, it, it moves quickly because nobody knows anybody. Yeah. So, you know, they might be coupled up with someone today, but mm-hmm. maybe tomorrow they've realized, eh, that's probably but not like, the best They person. talk to someone and then... That girl goes and talks to someone else. The guy gets butt hurt. Why is he talking to you? Right, right, right. Like, you have no idea. Right. And so, anyways, after a few weeks, probably three or four weeks, um, you know, some of the couples have started to become established. Yeah. And, you know, you're rooting for certain people yeah. that you like. Mm-hmm. Well, then they throw you a curveball and all the oh, guys go to a different house. And in that house is, you know, six more girls. Oh, Different wow. girls. And there's guys that come... To the original house. So there's basically... They're almost like recoupling. Oh. But it's more of like, let me see if I want to recouple. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like the apple. You know, it's like, am I going to bite off the apple here, so to speak? There's some temptation of... Is the grass greener? Exactly. Yeah, that's probably the even better way to say it. And so there's this situation. This is what I was talking about with being stressed. There's this situation where there was this girl named Shauna mm-hmm. and Callum. The oh, guy's okay. name's Callum. And they were like the OG couple. They were the mm-hmm. first strong couple in this whole show. Yeah. So you're rooting for them from the start. A hundred percent. And so, you know, Callum goes over to the other house. Shauna 
decides that, you know, the new guy that comes in, she's not really digging. And Callum starts to, his eyes start to wander. Mm-hmm. And there's this girl, very pretty girl named Molly. Mm-hmm. And Callum they, wants a Molly. Pretty much. And so at the end of the week, you pretty much pick, do you want to be with one or the other? And you have to walk out in front of the, the group. You know, oh, the group. dang. Yeah, so you're walking like almost like on a stage, so mm-hmm. to speak. And if you want to be with the other person. you got to pick who you want right there in front of everyone. Well, it's even beforehand. So that's like a reveal of what I chose. Oh. And so, um, so essentially, Callum walks out with Molly. Mm-hmm. But Shauna had the opportunity to be with someone else and chose not to. So Shauna is standing up there by herself, and Callum walks in with a new girl, and it was all hell broke loose. Really, it was. I was on my knees, convulsing. Yeah, I was like, "No way!" It was. How dare you do this to her, Callum? Yeah, and I mean, there was. Oh, there's some epic lines that came out of that one. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. But like with a show like that. There's drama mm-hmm. for like five, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But then you look at your friend and you're talking about this and you're connecting. Mm-hmm. We're like, you're watching a movie. It's like, all right, we'll talk in two hours. Play. Right. Right. Which, you know, every once in a while is a great way to connect with a friend. Because Absolutely. like, remember when we watched Jojo Rabbit together? And now we're making Jojo Rabbit jokes Absolutely. all the time. But if that's the only thing that we're doing to build relationship. Yeah, it's not going to be very deep. And it's not going to be very real more so. I mean, not to say that, again, you know, just what you said, you know, people can watch movies and have good friendships and all that. But mm-hmm. I think the one good thing is uh, that I've seen in this in this friend group at certain points in time is, is good depth of, of knowing people mm-hmm. beyond a surface level. Yeah. For sure. And did that develop from just over time or yeah, was, that, was that something that... Like, you had to choose, like, these are the people I'm going to be vulnerable with. Because when it comes to friendship, we usually don't think about it viscerally like that. Like, yeah, we, yeah. We we kind of go through life and then we know we want to have good relationships. Absolutely. But we don't go out of our way to develop specific relationships. Mm-hmm. We don't say, like, hey, that's a cool guy. Like, I'm going to meet up with him. And then hopefully we develop some rapport and then I'm going to choose on our fourth time hanging out to be vulnerable. Right. You know? Well, and I think, you know, I think the the truth is you've got to have, if you're talking about large friend groups, Mm -hmm. you've got to have a couple legitimate people who do not put themselves first. Mm -hmm. And that has got to spread into the DNA of the group. Yeah. And I think we had enough of those. We had more than just a couple, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that creates a familial bond. Yeah. So it transforms from. It's like we're gonna we're gonna do life together, and yes. and you need help. Like who's who am I gonna call at two a.m. when I have a problem? Exactly. Like yep. you know, and those people who, it's not about them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you had like, when. Now, what year was it that Corey's house or Kenny's house burned down? 2017 matter of fact it was um it, it was like the first week of january 2017 so it was, yeah it was like four, three, years, four ago, years ago this week yeah but like you develop those close friendships and something like that happens like my house burns mm-hmm. down like those are the people that i call yeah yeah like those we 2 a.m friends yeah we stayed in people's houses for a few weeks because that was you kenny 
and uh, me, Noah. Kenny, Noah, David, and Kevin. Okay. Which, Kevin by the Kevin. way, shout out Kevin. Sorry, I did not mention you originally in the group, but you are in the group, whether you like it or not. But yeah, you know, because you just have to build those two AM friends. I think yeah. like that was tough for Rebecca and I because mm-hmm. when we moved here, we didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. So when you don't know anyone, you have to make choices and realize. Like, when you're nude somewhere, you're not going to be the person that someone calls to hang out. Yeah. Like, you know, we met. Mm-hmm. When, I don't remember us particularly meeting. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I just knew that uh, there was a new guy from Lux City. Mm-hmm. I think probably just through Nathan is what I would Yeah, because I, I met Nathan and I probably came to Nathan's house yeah. for... I think the first group event that I went to was... It might have been... Nyla's birthday slash Memorial Day because that was 2018 summer, right? Mm-hmm. When there was that combo party. It was Nyla's birthday slash Memorial Day and we had a cookout at, uh, at Nathan's house. I think house. I do remember what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 There's just been so many events I can't remember. Yeah, but it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's weird being that first person. Mm-hmm. To come into a space where, like, there's a friend group here and there's people here. Like, you have to go out of your way to develop relationships when you're the new person. Mm-hmm. And you have to real like, luckily for Rebecca and I, like, we, we realized that. Mm-hmm. So, we invited ourselves to think. Like, right. oh, you're watching the game? Can we come watch the game with you? Right. Or we, in, we created opportunities for people to hang out with us. Like, hey, after church, we're having chili. Come over to our house. Mm-hmm. Because we knew that we wanted to create those relationships with people, but we knew we weren't going to be the first people people called because right. we're new. Right. Like people have already established friends here; they already have that. Like, you know, sometimes you know, everyone wants to hang out with a new person because they're really cool. Apparently, that wasn't me. <laughs> I don't think that's. I didn't get. Case. I didn't get those calls, but you know. So we met through Nathan and kind of that group in general. Yep. How did how how would you describe our friendship developing? Well, I think it went from you know, he, you being essentially just a new person. You know, yeah. There was, we've had that scenario in our friend group, oodles of times. Yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. not weird or abnormal. Mm-hmm. Um, so went from that to, um, getting to know you in those scenarios of, you know, group hangouts, things Mm -hmm. like that, um, to realizing, you know, your walk with Christ and talking about that, you know, that's something that you're, you know, very forward on, which is good. Um, and it's something that I'm growing in and, and have Mm -hmm. been growing in. And so that was the last year. That's been a big part of your, yeah, that's been at the forefront of, of my life. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, at a different intensity level. Mm-hmm. Not that I wasn't a follower before, but there's a different... Because, like, you're living with people in co- campus ministries and college. Right, and yeah. I mean, that. some of my best friends are pastors. Yeah. So, what was what was kind of the catalyst for you to kind of, like, you know, was it beginning of 2020, end of 2019? Like For what? For starting that, like, I'm going to go on fire for Christ. Like, I'm going to live my life differently. Was there was there a catalyst for that? Something that, like something that happened or a thought that happened that said like, I need to change. Like oh yeah, I want my life there was there was a. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much you want to go into it or anything like that, but yeah, there was there was a pretty traumatic situation, 
um, you know, some moral failures within the friend group mm-hmm. and, um, and it brought our friend group down mm-hmm. to its knees, um, in terms of what is it going to be? Yeah. And, uh, you know, all that's truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, you know, like I said, even before all that, you know, some of my best friends are, are not only pastors, but people I respect inside the church. Yeah. Um, you know, even like yourself, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I, I know your walk with the Lord and, and so you would be, you know, a 2 a.m. person where it's like, hey, man, this just happened. Yeah. And, you know, I don't I don't even know how to seek the Lord in this. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, not that he's not there, not that he's not present, not that mm-hmm. he doesn't want to speak. I just I'm I'm spinning so much that I don't know how to uh, even seek the Lord for myself in some ways mm-hmm. because of of the trauma of everything. And so um, so anyways, um you know, that, that situation without going into greater detail, um, is, is what spurred me on to really seek the only one who could heal that situation. Yeah. Was that just like healing for yourself? Healing for myself and for others. Cause, Mm -hmm. uh, I think the easy thing would be to say it's between three people Mm -hmm. and that is the biggest lie of all time. Mm -hmm. It's just a a flat lie. Um, Mm -hmm. and it really affected the, the moral failure affected 20 people, mm-hmm. you know, or so. And uh, it changed their day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. They don't hang out with certain people now yeah. because of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can just make it as simple as that. Yeah. Um, amongst other things. And it was a, you know, the story I just told about familial bonds. It was a complete break of that yeah. and, a, and a betrayal of that. But, so this happened so, yeah. and it's like, I need to heal. Like Absolutely. there needs to be healing. And Absolutely. Like, so... And so you started to do what to kind of yeah, spark so, that healing? Uh, it really got to a point where, um, because, yeah, because of the spot that I was in with it, um, I had to, you know, friends can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how many 2 a.m. friends you have or people who say they're 2 a.m. friends and they're really not even 5 p.m. friends. Mm-hmm. They're they're. They would like to say they're friends and they're really acquaintances. Mm-hmm. And it really what happened was in my best interest, and I didn't know it at the time, but mm-hmm. it ended up being in my best interest to remove myself from the friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, and to... Was that permanently for a season? Uh, for At least for a season. And yeah. maybe permanently because, you know, just of, of the dynamic of just how gross things were. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, the point of it being... Um, Remove yourself from people who are unhealthy mm-hmm. and put yourself... Unhealthy for you. Unhealthy for me and unhealthy for themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mind yeah. saying that. Now, that doesn't mean every single person in that friend group was unhealthy. Like, I still hang out with you, for example. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, and there's many people that would fit that mm-hmm. uh, that mold. Yeah. Um, but for, the, for that time being... You said, I needed to grow. I need to put myself in a position to grow. Right. And so... And it's okay to step aside from people who you once shared values with. Right. But at a certain point of your life, your values can change. Absolutely. And so if you're continually putting yourself in the situation where I want, you know, my values have changed and these friendships aren't giving me what they used to give me, it's healthy to walk away from things that aren't feeding your soul. Absolutely. So, you know, you want to be congruent in most everything in your life. Mm-hmm. Not to say that every friend has to agree with you in everything that you're doing or that you have to agree with them in everything mm-hmm. that they're doing. There can be that type of, uh, you know, 
I wouldn't even call it disagreement, just a different way of living. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, for me, at that point in time, for that specific point in time, now I have more emotional bandwidth and all that stuff. But at that specific point in time, I had to be around people that uh, wanted my best, which wanting my best for me Mm -hmm. means picking Jesus and growing in, in my walk with Christ. And so when you're asking what what did I do during mm-hmm. that time, I literally just said yes to anything that Jesus was involved in. Mm-hmm. So that was a worship night. Mm-hmm. Guess what I'm going? You're you at the worship. Night. I got I got free time. If it was a Bible study, mm-hmm. there was a point in time I was in three Bible studies in a week. Yeah. Uh, if it was just being around. Like- now, thank you everyone for listening. We actually had some technical difficulties, and I didn't know that the app that I'm recording this on maxes out recording at an hour. So Corey and I talked for about an hour and 15 minutes, but we just continued to talk about how friendship grows and how our friendship grew. And at the end of the day, you know, Corey had this great line where he said, you know, you want to have friends that, that help you grow because you yourself are like a stream, but a stream can only go so far and so deep by itself without bringing other streams into the flow. So when you have six or seven different streams that grow together, they become more powerful. They're able to have a better impact and a deeper impact in the things that they encounter. And so I'm thankful for the conversation I had with Corey. Next time I'm going to recognize that the uh, podcast app I'm recording on stops recording single segments at one hour. And then from there, I will uh, hopefully give you guys the rest of the conversations that I have with uh, these friends. But thanks for joining on the first episode of the uh, Becoming Better Friends podcast. Hope you enjoy. And thanks, Corey, for, uh, for coming on, man.